Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. Hello and welcome to it, everybody. How you doing? Big day for uh, a lot of things, including uh, primary day in several states, including the state that I uh, make my home in presently, which is Kansas. Uh, Yesterday, I I had the chance to go to a little rally. It was kind of nice. It was a bunch of uh, nice Christian people who would like babies to reach the, uh, you know, birth and uh, grow up to be people because there's a new survey out from, I think it was from Gallup, and it says that every person in the world uh, came from a male and female, uh, the male inseminating the female, the egg, and and that's where we came from. I know I'm as surprised as you are. A little surprised. But uh, I go up to this little uh, protest. They had a bunch of nice people lined up along the street just across from where I work out of the old Planet Fitness. And uh, and they had their signs up there, and there's this amendment called Value Them Both. And it's kind of neat because... uh, well, uh, you know, it supports the lives of babies. It doesn't. It does not get rid of abortion in the state of Kansas. It makes it incredibly early and very rare in Kansas. But right now, if you vote uh, no on value them both, you can get a baby aborted up to uh, you know nine months or ten months, whatever the gestation period is. So there's that, and then also it eliminates uh, a funding, public funding for abortions because there are a lot of people who you know, for instance, like me, I'm a Christian and uh, I don't want my money supporting somebody's abortion. Right? That's that we should be able to do that. It's always been verboten to pay for abortion with public money. Not so much anymore. But I'm standing there and they got all these nice uh, people there and. Little old ladies and guys my age and and, uh, teenagers, a lot of teenage girls there, and they're all waving the signs. And as I'm standing there, at least three people screaming by uh, F you out the window of the car. Just, you know, F you, F you, my abortion, my uterus, keep your laws out of my uterus. You know what? I don't want anything to do with your uterus, None none of your girl parts or, you know, what used to be girl parts. I don't care. But that's, you know, that's kind of the stuff that uh, I saw yesterday. It was, uh, you know, it just kind of made me want to, I don't know, get in my car and go after the car that yelled F you and beat the start out of them. But I didn't. I was cool. I was like, okay, you know what? Uh, uh, that's the way you want to be. That's the way you want to be. And I'm going to go ahead and support. And I'm going to go vote today after the show. And I'm going to vote for, uh, the, for this amendment so that we don't have unfettered abortion in the state of Kansas. So there you go. And, uh, you know, we can uh, we can reach uh, middle ground on some things, I guess, but with the radical left driving around in cars uh, screaming, you know, F you, get your laws out of my uterus, 
there's no reaching that. But, you know, um, I, I, I believe that there is in this country right now, with 85% of us saying the country's going in the wrong direction, maybe we can come together on some other stuff. Like John, John Stewart yesterday had a come to Jesus moment yesterday. On Capitol Hill, he was uh, going after Jack Posobiec. He's this uh, conservative journalist guy, and he was, uh, you know, screaming at the uh, the Republicans for not voting for supporting uh, uh, veterans who worked in burn pits and all this. And and uh, Jack Posobiec says, "No, no, we're all for that. We're just not for the four hundred billion dollars in wasteful spending the Democrats want to attach to it like they always do." And uh, after John Stewart did the same thing to some of these people in cars driving by the protests yesterday, which I in a wave, "Hi, how you doing? Yeah." you too i didn't say that actually i just kind of said that in my head um but uh, but john stewart then realized oh yeah maybe that maybe this is just a political football for the democrats oh yeah mm, there is that there is that nancy pelosi's in taiwan this morning by the way she landed successfully apparently her broom was able to avoid radar <laughs> i know i've been sitting on that one for a while i shared that on social media yesterday but she's in taiwan this morning she made it Safely, apparently, and uh, and the uh, the Chinese backed off, you know, their initial threat to go after her, and uh, and she's going over there to just say thanks for all the products you've made for us because half of the things in our house have things that say made in Taiwan. <laughs> so I've got uh, I've got some uh, information on that. Uh, I've got some information. I, I don't know if you knew this, but Joe Biden was uh, awakened yesterday, uh, kind of like hey 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 Joe 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 yeah 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 hey man you just killed a terrorist over there. In Afghanistan, and uh, you know the the mastermind of the nine eleven attacks, uh, number two in command to uh, to the guy who Joe Biden didn't want killed, Osama bin Laden. I don't know if you remember that eleven years ago, Barack Obama had an easy shot to take and uh, sent in some of our special op operators and went and found Osama bin Laden and and blew him away. And Joe Biden was like, nope, nope, we better not do that. But Joe Biden's been wrong about everything. But yesterday he was awakened from his slumber. And uh, and told, hey, man, uh, guess what? We actually got that guy. And Joe Biden's like, what are you talking about, Donald Trump? And he goes, no, 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 Zawahiri. Uh, he was the second in command of the Taliban. And we got him in Afghanistan. And Joe Biden's like, was he in a cave in Afghanistan hiding? And they said, no, no, no. He was right there on a balcony in, uh, in the capital city because, you know, we pulled out of Afghanistan prematurely. Could go a million ways with that. And uh, he just moved in, basically had a palatial estate right there in the capital, and uh, and uh, so you know we were able to get him. We were able to get him. So uh, that there, that's good news. I'll explain why it took so long. You think about it. Nine <clears throat> eleven happened twenty one years ago, and isn't this kind of how uh, the death penalty works in this country? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how many appeals did we give the guy? Uh, so, uh, yeah, it, it's a big victory, I guess, for Joe Biden when he needed a big victory. But it really wasn't a victory because uh, this guy was able to move into uh, Kabul and, uh, and set up shop and have a palatial estate. I think it was featured on uh, HGTV, uh, Hamas Garden Television. <laughs> I think it was. So <laughs> we, gave him a, we gave him a little uh, makeover. I hope they did some before and after stuff, so. Uh, just real quick, something I said a few weeks ago, and uh, and is true, which a lot of the times happens with, you know, particularly with the economy, just because I'm I'm close to it. I don't live in a gated community, never been in a twenty billion dollar house, let alone own one, uh, even working in one. But a lot of Democrats in Washington D.C. live leave Washington D.C. And, and live in houses like that, like uh, Barack Obama or Joe Biden. Joe Biden still lives in Washington D.C. in a two hundred million dollar house, but he has three houses worth about ten million bucks. 
Americans are relying on dollar stores to buy dinners and bulk items like groceries. Yeah, the, 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 the businesses surged 12.2%. Walmart uh, not uh, coming down any time on their prices, and they are, uh, uh, they are uh, experiencing a loss. But grocery sales at dollar stores spiked 71% between October 2021 and June 2022. Sales of uh, same items in grocery stores dropped 5%. So people are going to Dollar General. I like to go to Dollar General. When I was driving on my vacation, uh, you know, we drove two days, a seven-day trip. We drove four days all together <laughs> to Florida. <laughs> and we took back roads, and I, and I noticed that all these towns, all these little towns like Laverne, uh, Alabama, which is a lovely little town, by the way. We stopped by there. They all got Dollar General stores, and that's it. That's it. And, and I saw a bunch of people walking along the side of the road carrying Dollar General bags because their cars are broke down and they don't have cars. And I got thinking about this, and, and I think Michelle Obama, you know, she's got a, a chip on her shoulder the size of a, you know, a 50-gallon drum, even though she's a very spoiled, entitled person who never really had a job but is incredibly, incredibly rich. Um, but uh, but uh, Michelle Obama used to call places that didn't have real grocery stores, she called them food deserts. They're food deserts. And really what Michelle Obama was talking about is really crappy inner-city neighborhoods in, in uh, cities that are run by Democrats where stores wouldn't dare go in business because, you know, the, their cashiers will get shot to death every night trying to just do their job because the crime is so high. San Antonio resident Lily Penelope told the Wall Street Journal they began relying on local Dollar General stores for groceries, eating mostly canned chicken, peanut butter, and vegetables from the store. This is like me in college. In fact, that's actually a little bit a little high on the hog. Did you hear they actually are putting cans of Spam in glass cases in bodegas in New York? I'm just I'm uh, impersonating. Uh, Jill Biden. Bodegas is what they're called, but she says they're bodegas. And they're putting these uh, cans of spam in, behind glass, essentially, these little cases. You know, sometimes you have to go to the store, and if you want, there are a variety of different things you cannot get because they're so darn expensive. They put them in glass cases, so they're hard to steal. Used to be CDs, became like, uh, you know, condoms, and then uh, <laughs> and then uh, whatever, I mean, whatever sort of uh, off the, over-the-counter medication, uh, have no idea anyway they're starting to do that with spam in new york because uh, if you can afford spam in joe biden's economy you are living high on the hog and uh, and it was funny i saw him talking about it on uh, greg uh, gutfeld's show last night and uh, none of those people know what spam costs they're all like you know but honestly to somebody who shops at dollar general um spam is pretty big deal five five to six dollars for a can of spam so uh, if you go to Dollar General and you buy spam, you, uh, you must have won a couple dollars on your lottery ticket or something. But anyway, this, uh, this San Antonio resident said she's unable to drive due, a, due to a disability, can no longer afford the cost of both food from the grocery store and the cost of an Uber ride to get there. Previously, the total for such a trip was $120, but since January, that cost has nearly doubled. She said, my health and quality of life is gone now, and I'm in a position where I'm cho- having to choose between making meals I can afford and putting my health on the line. That's kind of that's interesting, isn't it, you know? But uh, Joe Biden uh, says that uh, job growth is incredible, and uh, any thought of a recession is, uh, is malarkey. It's just not true. It's just not happening. 29% of Americans have to have a side hustle. That's a second job. A recession, that is what we're in. No one can deny Except for everybody in the Biden administration The White House 
is a tempting spin, but the numbers do not lie. The GDP was negative for two quarters in a row. Usually the definition. That's a recession. It is, yeah. And it's always been time to face the music, Joe. Or just... You see, it's still a recession by any other name. Biden's denial is late. Yeah, but he got a terrorist. A recession, that is what we've got. Joe and Janet yelling are lying a lot. A recession by any other name. Now, so we got an Al-Qaeda leader, Ayman Zawahiri. Uh, got him yesterday. Cause for celebration. Now back to your spam. <laughs> so, I've got some uh, some great audio uh, with regard to the death of Zawahiri. They sent this uh, this uh, uh, I guess a drone strike. It was a targeted drone strike. They call this thing like the salad shooter. And what it does is it slices and dices and julienne. So apparently Al Zahiri is uh, probably made into some American fries this morning. Uh, all of that, and uh, and we'll venture to some other things, including uh, oh oh oh, Kamala Harris says that uh, all the floods in Missouri and Kentucky were caused by climate change. And oddly enough, I lived in Missouri the last time they had the same kind of floods. It was uh, 29 years ago. I'll share all of that. And your phone calls at 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. year and a whole lot of democrats have electile dysfunction that is simply not true it's the rob carson show Iman al-zawiri you know zawiri was uh, bin laden's leader he was with him all the, the whole time he was his number two man his deputy at the time the terrorist attack 9-11 he was deeply involved in the planning of 9-11 one of the most responsible for the attacks that murdered 2,977 people on America. There's your great leader. There he is uh, presiding over the death of uh, the uh, Al-Qaeda boss, Ayman Zawahiri. Even though that uh, Joe Biden could not pronounce his name, the attack followed a 20-year effort by U.S. officials to assassinate the terrorist. Uh, the only problem is um, that uh, the... Um, Undeniable truth is that the Taliban-controlled Afghanistan is still a safe haven for al-Qaeda. And Zawahiri had actually moved into Kabul and uh, and had a, uh, a villa there. So it kind of made it pretty easy to go after Zawahiri after uh, 20 years of searching. Now, of course, uh, Donald Trump, he went after an al-Qaeda leader, Qasem Soleimani, and Soleimani went to uh, Iraq, and he was there at the uh, the airport. And uh, and uh, Donald Trump uh, made mincemeat out of him in his SUV after he bragged about having uh, the ability to travel freely into places like Baghdad. But, uh, but Zawahiri is standing on his deck there he was hiding in plain sight in other words not hiding at all but uh, you know a victory is a victory right a v is a v for the biden administration and while they're trying to distract from so many terrible things that the uh, president has done to the uh, the country including abandoning afghanistan and leaving zawahiri and others with 85 billion dollars worth of our uh, military hardware other than that you know great job there joe biden don't even for just forget about all the women who are being enslaved in afghanistan right now and all of the girls who 
whose uh, dreams of ever having a job, a career, or even an education. Other than that, we got that terrorist who was camped out, really probably barbecuing on the maybe some goat or something uh, on the uh, balcony of his villa there in Kabul. Yeah, here is a foreign uh, former foreign uh, secretary of Great Britain, Jeremy Hunt, talking about the uh, the killing of Al Zawahiri by Joe Biden's CIA. I'm afraid a lot of people will draw that inference, and I slightly draw that inference as well. Uh, I think that uh, the withdrawal from Afghanistan was a very big low point um, for many, many reasons. But this was the most important thing of all. We were supposed to be negotiating uh, that Afghanistan would not go back to being a harbor for terrorists. I think this indicates that uh, we can't be sure that's not the case. Yeah, but it makes them easier to kill, right? Uh, if this is the case, I mean, if all it takes is just kind of leaving a vacuum so they move into villas and they sit on their deck as we send in the uh, salad shooter, which apparently is what this was. It was a multi-bladed instrument, just uh, slices, dices, juliennes, the whole deal. Uh, then I suggest that we uh, we just give up um, San Francisco. Just say, you know, uh, honestly, we're going to pull out. We're going to pull out of San Francisco. Everybody else can stay there. And if uh, if any of you terrorists want to move in, you just go right ahead, and we'll pick you off on your deck. Yeah, here is uh, Scott Lucas, the University of Birmingham, talking about the uh, triumphant victory of, uh, of uh, Joe Biden over terrorism. Well, I think from the point of view of all of us, it would have been really, really significant a decade ago. Right. When Os- oh, there was that. Yeah, Osama bin Laden was killed uh, a decade ago, and Joe Biden uh, wasn't down for that. He didn't want to do it. Osama bin Laden was, in fact, killed. Uh, Al-Qaeda as a global... But he wasn't the president, and his approval rating wasn't lower than eczema. ...force is a spent force. Uh, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have local, as you might call it, franchises that have some influence, say in Yemen, say in North Africa... But the idea of a global terror campaign from these folks, uh, they pretty much have, have faded. Indeed, they had been replaced by other groups, such as the Islamic State, yeah, who have been that. much more significant yeah. in recent years. Mm-hmm. That said— And they now have their own country with $85 billion worth of our, our arms that are either being used by them or, or sold on the black market to our enemies. In terms of our lives, for those of us who remember all the way back— Other than that, great job. Well, I think from the point of view of all of us— it would have been real. Yeah, so let's go to uh, Tariq in Ellicott City. Hello there, Tariq, and welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Your thoughts on the uh, killing of al-Zawahiri. Yes, uh, I really have to thank Mr. Biden for his efforts yesterday. Uh, mm. he, he said something like, yes. So in, in honor <laughs> of Mr. Biden's decision, with which I agree, yes. I have an idea for a new turkey sandwich. Oh, what is it? The al-Zawahiri, white meat thinly sliced. White meat, thinly sliced, hold the veggies. (laughs) All right, thank you. (laughs) Thanks for the phone call. I'm not sure if it's completely white. Uh, You know, I mean, it's uh, it could be. You know. Anyway, well, thanks for the phone call. Wow. And by the way, uh, Nancy Pelosi, she landed in uh, in Taiwan this morning. There was a good deal of uh, saber-rattling yesterday, and, uh, and she made it in yesterday, apparently, that uh, China didn't want to start a third world war. Of course, uh, the Biden administration will make it look like uh, it's some sort of a, a victory for, uh, for their strong foreign policy. But I, I think the thing is that China really doesn't want to interrupt the gravy train. 
to be quite honest. The gravy train that has been started by uh, by Joe Biden over the years, and, and honestly, it only took about $30 billion out of the billions and billions of dollars. Then there's the control of the $1.5 billion hedge fund that Hunter was going to take over. But it really actually was a pretty cheap investment when you think about it. Only $30 million, and you could you can buy the president of the United States and his uh, and his son and his entire family. Um, here is, uh, here is uh, John Kirby yesterday saying that we don't support Taiwan. I've repeatedly said that we oppose any unilateral changes to the status quo from either side. We have said that we do not support Taiwan independence. And we have said that we expect cross-strait differences to be resolved. Now, I've got some more uh, audio on this we will get to. Going to get into Kamala Harris talking about uh, global warming causing the same flood that happened 30 years ago in Missouri. We'll get to that. Your phone calls are welcome at 800-922-6680. This is a Tuesday edition of the Rob Carson Show. Just propose something to you, the possibility, uh, because there was a good deal of uh, saber-rattling uh, saber by China with regard to uh, Nancy Pelosi's possible visit to uh, Taiwan, and uh, that never happened. And, and let, me just, let me just say this. For instance, Russia collusion was based on the possibility that Donald Trump was the desired candidate for Russia to run the United States. It would make no sense whatsoever. No sense whatsoever to uh, want Donald Trump in the White House if you were Russian at the time. Because Hillary Clinton has already bought and paid for. She already sold 25% of our uranium reserves with the uranium run deal and got $150 million from Russian oligarchs while she was Secretary of State, in, into her charity, which folded after she wasn't elected. Now, China is getting everything it wants from America. We just sent them a million barrels of oil from our strategic petroleum reserves. China is buying up farmland. China is selling us all of our uh, batteries for electric cars, uh, exclusively pretty much selling us all of our uh, wind turbines for all of this nonsense to convert to uh, green energy and all this. Uh, they are buying up uh, uh, farmland uh, close to military bases. In other words, the United States of America is giving China everything it freaking wants. So do you suppose that maybe this was all kabuki theater? Do you suppose that this visit from Nancy Pelosi was merely there as a way to uh, show some sort of strength, maybe some sort of uh, pushback against China by the Biden administration without officially doing anything? I'm just throwing this out there because they're so ungodly crooked that it wouldn't surprise me at all. Nancy Pelosi, for no reason, going into Taiwan... At a time when America is literally bent over an oil barrel for China and uh, Joe Biden in the pants of, uh, of China or, or vice versa. Do you suppose that you all maybe have been played? Just a little bit. Maybe you got your hackles up a little bit for nothing. 
maybe this was just a way for, and it's kind of weird, right? Isn't it kind of weird that both of these victory laps happened on the same day? Isn't that just kind of weird? Today is a big primary day, and the election is coming up, and on the same day that our CIA finally targets Al-Zahiri, whatever the hell, on his uh, deck in Kabul, the same day Nancy Pelosi touches down in Taiwan to uh, give China a little what fur, you suppose maybe you might be being played just a little bit. China didn't have to do anything. Uh, as long as Joe Biden is in the uh, office of the White House, he'll get China will get anything they want. They got tariffs lifted. Do you suppose that because of all the saber rattling that's going on with China and they, they got uh, uh, tanks parked on beaches on the coast of China facing Taiwan and all that, do you suppose that maybe this was kind of a little wink-wink, nudge-nudge to the Biden administration? Because there's no reason why we should be provocative with China whatsoever. We're giving China everything they want. Everything they want. We're not on Taiwan's side. Joe Biden is not on Taiwan's side. The visit for Nancy Pelosi, what was, the, what was the, honestly, tell me, distill into a thought, what benefit going to Taiwan is for the United States if Nancy Pelosi goes when John Kirby said yesterday we don't support the independence of Taiwan? What's the point? Why the hell did she do it? Very simply, there was no point. It was to pretend you're poking a, a paper tiger or a tiger. And then uh, once you land the land, and then, then you've said, oh, well, they back down a little bit. Joe Biden isn't going to say, hey, you know, because you threatened us, because you said, you know, we're going to go ahead and we're going we're gonna, to uh, uh, double those tariffs. And we're going to stop uh, selling you oil from our strategic oil reserve. And we're going to stop buying uh, the, uh, all of the batteries and all of the, uh, the material. We're, we're going we're gonna to start a trade war with you. We don't want your goods anymore. Not one little bit. Now, one little bit. I think this is all about polling. Because uh, I wouldn't put it past them, because they lie about everything. Here is uh, uh, Colonel Doug McGregor last night. He was talking to Tucker about uh, China and Taiwan and Nancy Pelosi going to visit. I think we have to admit that this is probably the most reckless and irresponsible administration in living memory. Now, I don't uh, disagree with that. Uh, we don't have anyone that qualifies as a statesman. Statesman, No, because we have a bunch of children in charge. And we've got a vice president who's a complete moron. ...ship involves advancing American interests at the least cost to the American people. There, none of that is in play here. We're dealing with a group of posers, people who are <laughs> posturing. Posturing is not statesmanship. We've got a general in charge who is more concerned about white rage... Uh, than uh, than our enemies, and the American people need to understand. We so. got a woke military that literally is more concerned about pronouns than uh, defending our country. That no one has bothered to tell them that during World War II, Taiwan was the unsinkable aircraft carrier of the Imperial Japanese Armed Forces. Yeah. all the major. It's a big deal. It's a big deal to China. Your invasions of China were launched from Taiwan. Which is so surprising that Taiwan did, or China did a stand down when Nancy Pelosi landed. Beijing will not allow Taiwan to become... It's like it was, uh, you know, maybe a setup. Uh, a garrison state for American armed forces or Japanese armed forces or any foreign power. And if they think that we are going to ally ourselves with Taiwan, if they think we are going to intervene to defend that island in the event of a dispute, 
then we will be at war with China for the. Okay, uh, you know, last night I was uh, watching TV, and I was, uh, I, I don't, I don't doubt that China is our enemy. They are our enemy. They are after us, and they are taking advantage of a feeble president who he's had a relation, who's had a relationship with China, uh, and and the Biden family for uh, decades, and made a lot of money. And, uh, and again, most recently, lifting uh, tariffs, uh, uh, sending a million barrels of, of oil from our strategic petroleum reserve for a time of war, uh, unfettered access to American land purchases by China, real estate purchases by China, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Nancy Pelosi decides she's going to visit Taiwan. I don't know if you got a better excuse, if you got a better, uh, uh, you know, reason for her going other than just to kind of on the same day that Joe Biden, after 21 years, after saying that he didn't think that going after bin Laden was a good idea and warned against it, would get uh, Al Zahiri 21 years later after uh, after uh, 9-11 and uh, 10 or 11 years after Osama bin Laden on the same day that Nancy Pelosi decides she's going to fly into uh, into Taiwan. Just something doesn't sound right. The sudden doesn't feel right about it. Here's a little bit more from uh, Colonel Doug McGregor. The, the interesting thing is how badly our military has slipped under the uh, rule of Joe Biden. And it really has. Uh, as far as the number of uh, troops who are signing up, as far as the number of troops who are leaving, as far as the number of troops who are going to be forced to leave because of the idiotic COVID uh, vaccine mandate, etc. This administration is doing everything it can to weaken our military, and it's very, very obvious. And frankly, there's an old adage that everyone should remember. A ship's a fool to fight a fort. You have to fight China from the sea. We can't win that. China can absorb everything we throw at it. And the Chinese are happy to sit there, let us travel thousands of miles to reach them, and then sink us. There you go. All right. So I, I, I'm not saying I made up my mind about this, but it, would it surprise you if this was a setup to distract from all of the things that are happening with regard to Joe Biden, Hunter Biden's laptop, connection to China? All of the headlines we've read about China and our coziness with China and what we're giving up to China, the threat that China really, uh, really uh, poses to us, even though they're already getting everything we want. Every, they're getting everything they want from this president. China doesn't need to go to war with the United States. We're giving it up. We're giving everything to China right now giving them everything they could possibly want, including draining our strategic petroleum reserve, becoming energy dependent on countries like uh, Russia and, and uh, not country, but OPEC, the, uh, the oil-rich nations of the Middle East. Why would China need to go to war with us right now? There's no reason they're getting everything they wanted getting every stinking thing they wanted. And I just think it's kind of funny that uh, on the same day, uh, you know, yesterday, or I should, well, this happened this weekend. Ayman al-Zawahiri was uh, killed, I guess, on Sunday at his uh, safe house in Kabul, the one that uh, had the deck and the, I think they had a grill out there and probably had some, uh, you know, child sex slaves uh, tied up in the living room, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Because that's what they do over there in, uh, in Afghanistan. And Joe Biden, of course, handed uh, Afghanistan to Zawahiri and, uh, and terrorists and, you know, 
and left a lot of Americans there. But uh, if you look at the polling, all-time lowest polling over the weekend, Kamala Harris at 26%, Joe Biden in the 30s, and then all of a sudden, one, two, Zawahiri and uh, China backs down on Taiwan. It's just kind of uh, coincidal. That's all I got to uh, say. 800-922-6680. Coming up, I want to share Kamala Harris. Uh, She caught the stupid yesterday. Well, she's had the stupid for a while. There's uh, some flooding that that happens uh, in our country, like in Missouri and Kentucky. Um, and uh, Kamala Harris says that's uh, because we didn't, the government didn't spend enough on climate change. Have you noticed that the, uh, the hot spell that Europe had has completely stopped and all of the alarmism with regard to Europe being on fire because of uh, climate change? You, you notice that all ended because some people figured out that it gets hot in the summertime? Now, I'm going to share the uh, the sound from uh, Kamala Harris in just one second, and uh, and then also uh, some uh, some hot primary action. Donald Trump endorses Eric in the state of uh, Missouri, uh, and uh, you're going to love this. Eight hundred nine two two six six eight zero. This is the Rob Carson Show. Back in a sec. To all the Brandons out there, we salute you. It's the Rob Carson Show. So uh, my producer in lovely Baltimore, Brian, said, Hey, you know, uh, aren't we coming up on that anniversary of the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan by Joe Biden that demeaned and demoralized all of our uh, our forces and also shamed our country? Isn't that, that, that's coming up, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And then I see this headline from uh, July the 18th of this year on CNN. It says, Biden administration struggling how to mark anniversary of chaotic Afghanistan withdrawal. Huh, well, what could uh, Joe Biden do in Afghanistan that would possibly distract from the unbelievable failure of his administration in Afghanistan? I'm thinking maybe going after uh, uh, Al-Qaeda number two, uh, who literally had moved into Kabul because the United States was gone, uh, moved into Kabul, had a palatial estate, was hanging out on the balcony, pretty much an easy target, not hiding in the mountains, not in some uh, other country, not in Syria or something. He's right there. He's right. I think right at the base of his building, it said for lease. Al Qaeda, you know, Al Qaeda welcomes you. And I think it was a no pet deposit this month. Of course, uh, over there, a pet is a a young female. But anyway, um, so I kind of wonder, you know, maybe, maybe this is kind of a setup, you know, kind of a setup. See, the, uh, the guy, Soleimani, that uh, Donald Trump wanted to kill, he decided, because he was being arrogant, he would fly into Baghdad Airport and, and uh, you know, act like he was the uh, cock of the walk, as it were. And uh, Donald Trump uh, went right at him with a couple of drones, just his SUV. It was a very, uh, it was a very moist explosion. It was like, it was, it was but uh, this time, Joe Biden sent the, uh, the Ginsu 3000. It's the uh, slice and dice omatic and made American fries out of uh, Zawahiri, even though uh, Zawahiri had literally was hiding in plain sight. And CNN wondered, literally uh, two weeks, less than two weeks ago, Biden administration struggling how to mark the anniversary of the chaotic Afghanistan withdrawal. 
As the Biden administration approaches the one year of its chaotic withdrawal from Afghanistan, that's not very positive from CNN. It's struggling. Like, you'd need something that would really cut through that headline, you know? Just slice right through that headline. Make you forget about all the uh, agony that uh, this unbelievably bad, possibly the worst military decision that America has ever made. It's, It's almost like Joe Biden needed to distract from that coming up on the one year anniversary of it. I don't know. These things just kind of come to me every once in a while. And I hate to think the worst of people, but we're dealing with the worst people. I I like that, actually. I hate to think the worst of people, but we're dealing with the worst people. Because of the nature of the withdrawal from Kabul International Airport, where more than 100,000 people were frantically evacuated and 13 American service members were killed in a bombing attack, the commemorations will be careful not to unduly, uh, not to be unduly celebratory, several officials told CNN. Instead, the expectation is that a range of administration officials and military personnel will talk about the service and sacrifice that was carried out. Or they could just go in and kill an Al-Qaeda uh, member hiding in plain sight in Kabul, in the same city that we evacuated and American troops were murdered by a suicide bomber that was released from a uh, Afghani prison by American forces, and uh, he was able to go out and blow up a bunch of people. It, it's just kind of funny that way, right? It's just kind of kind of funny. And then, and then pff, a couple days later... It's, uh, you know, China's threatening war, even though China, you know, is getting everything they want. They don't even need, honestly, how often can you just move into a country, kind of unilaterally disarm it, get it to give up a million barrel of its petroleum reserve and send it to you, uh, uh, make the, your, your, the other country, your enemy, become completely dependent on uh, your energy grid, uh, uh, buy and pay for the, uh, the president of the United States and his family. And I mean, what else do you need? Buying up farmland, buying up uh, land near military bases so you can eavesdrop on uh, military communique or even interrupt uh, uh, guidance of missiles and drones, you know, that sort of thing. Why in the hell would China need to go to war? They're already winning. It's kind of like they were trying to, I don't know, distract. Yeah, kind of funny. Kamala Harris. She has reached an unparalleled low point as far as approval is concerned. According to New York Magazine, should Joe Biden be unable to fulfill his duties as commander-in-chief or choose not to seek re-election, 19 months after her fawning cover on Vogue magazine, people in America are saying, wow, she's really not qualified. Yeah. She is uh, actually at 26% and Biden is 31%. Doesn't help that uh, she's been, you know, given the uh, czar position for a couple of things and she has completely done a face plant, either uh, intentionally or accidentally, because she's completely uh, inept. I'm going to get to some audio from her with regard to uh, the state of Missouri and flooding. And then, oh, and then Donald Trump endorses uh, Eric in the state of, uh, of Missouri. And uh, unfortunately, two Erics are running for the same, <laughs> the same office. So it was uh, him kind of trolling him a little bit. I'll get to some of that audio and your phone calls. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Hey guys, it's Carson. Zenith Firearms is an American-owned and operated company based in the Blue Ridge Mountains of Central Virginia. 
Initially founded in 2014, Zenith built its reputation for superb customer service through firearm and ammunition imports. With many years of expertise in the platform, Zenith is now proudly manufacturing its own line of U.S.-made roller-delayed blowbacks. Zenith provides the American people with a premium product made right here in the United States, starting with the introductory model, the ZF-5. Newly released in 2022, the ZF-5 is based on the most popular and iconic 9mm submachine gun, the MP-5. While the ZF-5 is available immediately, Zenith's three compact personal defense models are available for pre-order and will begin shipping later this year. Zenith proudly supports our nation's military, law enforcement, and responsibly armed citizens protecting the Second Amendment. Check out Zenith Firearms at zenithfirearms.com. That's zenithfirearms.com, or like and subscribe to their social media pages. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show, hour number two of the Rob Carson Show. It's primary day in places like Arizona, where Carrie Lake is running for governor. Go, Carrie. Woo! Go, Carrie. Uh, other stuff going on. Joe Biden had a victory, a victory over the weekend. He, uh, The CIA was able to kill a number two terrorist in Afghanistan. This coming up on the one-year anniversary of Joe Biden's chaotic withdrawal. And uh, Joe Biden's other victory this morning is that China suddenly backed down, even though they were getting everything they wanted from the United States. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was able to land in Taiwan this morning. It's almost like it was a setup, maybe a distraction. I don't know. Nothing could be finer than Pelosi over China in the morning. On a broom was riding, she was really gliding in the morning. It's Jim Gossett. Pelosi is in Taiwan. Her husband was confused. Mm-hmm. Thought she said Taiwan on. He got alcohol infused. That's a confusing thing. Paul wanted to try it, to be the guy to fly it over China. It would have been unnerving to shoot a plane to swerving over China. Nancy's now in Taiwan and she's causing a stink. Paul's in a bar on his seventh drink. And nothing would be finer than Pelosi over China. Over China in the morning. <laughs> it's Jim Gossett. Two S's and uh, two T's. JimGossettComedy.com. It is kind of interesting. A very provocative act to send uh, America's number one happy American grandma. Think of that acronym for a second. America's happy American grandma uh, take it, flies into Taiwan out of nowhere on her own recognizance. Nobody had anything to say about it at all. She flies in. China says, oh, you're going you're gonna to cause a war even though uh, we are suckling on the teat of America in every way, shape, or form, and it would be completely destructive for China to give up that relationship. But let's go ahead and play along. Let's just go ahead and play along, and we'll pretend like, uh, you know, maybe uh, Joe, even though we're getting everything we want already, including, uh, you know, American farmland and American, uh, you know, it's becoming dependent on us for energy. And, uh, you know, there's uh, the whole a million barrels of the petroleum reserve, a strategic petroleum reserve sold to China last week. So it's not like all of a sudden Joe Biden just decided, well, you know what, we, we are just being pushed around by China. We really need to, we need to give them a little what fur. This on the same a couple of days that, uh, you know, coming up on the anniversary of uh, Afghanistan, the, uh, the withdrawal, the uh, embarrassing withdrawal, the worst move, 
strategic remove, uh, movement, move by the, uh, the American military in our history, essentially. One-year anniversary coming up. We gave the, uh, the country to uh, the terrorists. And Zawahiri literally moved into Kabul, high-profile location with a balcony. <laughs> with a balcony. Because, uh, you know, he probably thought, no, man, I'm, I'm cool. We got $85 billion worth of military hardware. I'm not in any danger. And Joe Biden, we're, we're, we're you know, we see eye to eye here, man. He's given everything we want. Why would he come after us unless it was, I don't know, to save his ass? Because, you know, right now, worst president ever. Oh, 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 I don't know if you knew this. Uh, when, uh, when Nancy Pelosi uh, goes to visit and meet the president of Taiwan, they have music set for her. Uh, generally, when the president of the United States is there, they, you know, they play Hail to the Chief. Not sure exactly what they play for Kamala Harris, the vice president, but this is the music they've chosen for Nancy Pelosi as she walks uh, down it. these guards near her that had these tall hats and they were carrying these big uh, staffs with blades on the end. It was interesting. It was, uh, it was kind of interesting. So I, I just, I think that uh, you've been played by this administration from the get-go. Would it surprise you that you're being played right now just because Joe Biden's ratings are terrible the midterms are coming up. The Afghanistan, uh, Afghanistan withdrawal uh, anniversary is coming up. And uh, literally on the 18th, CNN was going, what can, China, what, what can uh, Joe Biden do to distract from the impending anniversary, which was declared essentially disastrous by over 70% of the American public? It's kind of funny how that happens. Kamala Harris, she was uh, talking to people in Missouri. Now, I lived in Missouri for 10 years. I lived in, uh, I went to school at Northwest Missouri State University, which I, by the way, have disowned because they fired a good president, John Jasinski. The uh, Board of Regents there made a unilateral decision that was political, so I no longer affiliate with Northwest Missouri State University, home of the once mighty Bearcats. That aside, lived in Columbia, Missouri, did my first job there, and moved to Springfield, Missouri, I did my second job there, Mar- uh, met my wife there, La- did a lot of radio in, uh, well, K- Kansas City, lived in Kansas, live in Kansas City right now, for crying out loud, live on the Kansas side. So I'm quite familiar with uh, the state of Missouri and the Midwest, uh, the uh, Mississippi River Valley, if you will, uh, the, the, all that, and uh, there was a big old uh, flood that happened in Missouri last week, and uh, here is uh, Kamala Harris saying that uh, clearly it could have been prevented if uh, the Congress had spent a bunch of uh, money on nonsense. For years, our nation and many of us have discussed, have lamented, have talked about the threat of climate change. For years, we debated the potential impact that climate change could have on our communities. Um, floods happen. On our country. And our world. If uh, this were climate change, they'd be happening all over the place. And today, we know the impact if folks weren't clear about it before. Two weeks ago, it was hot and dry where I live, and then it rained for three days. It's not climate change. That's called summer. Just watch the evening news and see that the time for debate is long past. Oh, I think it's just beginning.
climate change has become a climate crisis. And a th- oh, I think we're in a crisis. Threat. It's not between what's uh, it's not what between the riverbanks. It's what's between your ears. Has now become a reality. In recent days, deadly floods have swept through Missouri and Kentucky. And they happen all the time. Washing away entire neighborhoods, leaving at least 35 dead. What about Europe? Last week it was Europe. There was a heat wave in Europe, and it was climate change. And then it wasn't hot anymore, because that's what happens in summer. Including babies. Oh, babies. Bring up the babies here. The babies that survive the womb, they could drown because of climate change. Thank God we kill them in the womb. As has been reported, four children from one family. So the devastation is real. Wow, the pauses only make her stupid even louder. The harm is real. Now, I was in Missouri in uh, 1993. Lived there until 1993, and the 100-year uh, flood hit Missouri. And uh, I actually helped to uh, sandbag uh, towns near Columbia, Missouri, uh, Rocheport, which is quite lovely. You should go. The winery, the Le Bourgeois, is lovely. Uh, Also, Hartsburg and Harrisburg, two small towns along the Missouri River, which are known to flood. The Missouri River at uh, at Columbia literally went from uh, about uh, a quarter mile wide to about five miles wide. And oddly enough, you're going to think this is really weird. It was all contained in the flood basin of the river. All of the uh, places that were flooded, all the farmland and everything, was um, in the floodplain of the river, which is what happens when the river floods. There literally was a little town right across the, uh, uh, the river from Jeff City. And every five or ten years, it floods out. And finally, the politicians of Jeff said, he said, um, here's the deal. Let's just pay those people to get the hell out of there. Because every freaking couple of years, it gets flooded out. Because that's what happens in the, in the floodplain of a major river. It happens all the time. Literally, if you look at above, you know, satellite photos above the, the Mississippi River, you'll see the Mississippi River looks like a little string of spaghetti. And then when it floods, it becomes big and wide. And then when that water recedes, you see the floodplain where the water goes when it floods. That's one of the reasons why the, the, uh, the, the, the dirt is so uh, rich there because all of the sediment that comes from upstream floods out into the floodplain, and that's why so many farmers choose to plant their crops there, and they roll the dice that every 10 years or so they might not be able to plant because there's going to be water standing in their fields. So this is nothing new. It just so happens I'm kind of hitting on all cylinders with, like, stuff that I know today. You know, it's just amazing what happens in your life that you can actually uh, bring back, uh, you know, later and maybe use it to prove a point. Like that farmers build, you know, they plow fields in floodplains because the, the water there, the, the soil is so rich. I drove to uh, Omaha Council Bluffs to my hometown, Neola, Iowa, for my family reunion. My brother passed away uh, four years ago. And four years ago, uh, I-29 was closed in the Missouri River Valley. Do you know why? Because it flooded. It flooded. Yeah. And guess what? I I don't think anybody was talking about climate change. They just said, oh, yeah, S happens when you have your house and your, you know, your farmland in the floodplain for the Missouri River. 
But oddly enough, it's kind of strange. I, I was able to drive up I-29 just like normal this time. And I saw all of the areas on either side of the highway that had been flooded because it's the Missouri River Valley, you see. So if climate change is real, if I'm not mistaken, I-29 should still be underwater, and I should have had to take the other route like I did four years ago for my brother's funeral. It's kind of strange that way. But see, uh, this is called uh, capitalizing on a tragedy. That's why Kamala Harris mentioned the deaths of four children from one family. It's not that she gives a rat's behind about the children. She just wants to make a point about the spending plan that they want to do. Yeah. It's good to know these things. Good to know these things. So Eric Greitens is uh, running in the state of Missouri against Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt. They're both running for Senate. They're both named Eric. Donald Trump, his endorsement is kind of like if you kiss the ring of Donald Trump, you're going to get elected. Well, Donald Trump, I'm not sure if he's much of a fan of either of these Eric's, so he just decided to uh, endorse Eric. I will explain that coming up. Your calls are welcome at 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. Driving snowflakes and candy aisle kids crazier every day. It's The Rob Carson Show. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, Carolyn Levitt. She is a congressional candidate in New Hampshire. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, trans athletes and whatnot. Um, And we've got some big news coming as far as the state of uh, New Hampshire is concerned. And this show, by the way, is concerned. I can't can't spill the beans right now, but uh, it's pretty cool. It is pretty, the, the show's growing uh, pretty dramatically, and uh, we're uh, beating the competition in uh, many markets around the country, and we're growing. Did you realize, and, uh, and maybe it seems a lot longer, <laughs> but the show's only been syndicated for uh, 10 months. Yeah, the, the, the Rob Carson show's been uh, syndicated for 10 months, so it's making a difference. I think people are... Uh, are enjoying the uh, the mix of humor and, uh, you know, all that stuff. So if you want to check out the podcast, by the way, it's called the Rob Carson Show Podcast. And you can, uh, you can listen to it on the usual um, uh, digital platforms, maybe Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, you know, iHeartMedia, etc. Uh, if you want a whole list of it, just go to uh, NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts. And if you would share it with other people, that would be huge because you're helping. You're making a big difference. I hear from people all the time. I'll get a call from, you know, New Hampshire. I'll get a call from Washington State. I'll get a call from wherever, even where there aren't stations, some of our affiliates, they'll, they'll be listening. And they'll say, Rob, there are a lot of people listening out here. What you say means a lot to them. And, and I hope that I, I can offer you a different perspective and also maybe buoy you when I can using humor. While making a point, because uh, trust me, it, it's hard. And like and like last night, you know, I, if you were just if you were just watching TV, you'd think we're going to war with China today. And who the hell knows? To be quite honest. But I got to thinking about you know why 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 Nancy Pelosi? It makes no sense for her to go over there and then China to suddenly flare its uh, you know like that uh, the uh, in Jurassic Park when the guy who was on Seinfeld that goes to the jeep and all of a sudden the lizards inside there and goes <laughs> like that you know and then uh, kills him. 
it's kind of like you're thinking, oh, man, they're going for the strike. And then you kind of like this morning, like, you know, why was she over there in the first place? And maybe this was all just to build up Joe Biden, because honestly, uh, China's already getting what they want. They don't even need to go to war. We're, we're bending over and taking one for the team right now from China in so many ways. Why in the hell would we need to? Why would China need to go to war with us that would end all of the the gravy train of, of America buying Chinese goods and sending our manufacturing over there? Why the hell? Would China want to declare war on the United States, which has supreme nuclear capabilities? We are slipping in a lot of other ways. But China's getting everything it already wants. They've got a Manchurian candidate in the White House. There you go. So Donald Trump, uh, generally, if, uh, if you get his endorsement, you're going to win. He's like uh, 97 out of 100 so far in the primary season. And, and there's a race going on in, uh, in Missouri. Eric Greitens is running against uh, Missouri Attorney General Eric Schmidt. Now, I don't know much about either one of these candidates. I do pay attention a little bit. I think that uh, Eric Schmidt appears to be a little rhino-esque. And Eric Greitens just seems kind of messed up. This is a really messed up kind of guy. Uh, I got a good buddy who does news, in, uh, and he's a radio host in St. Louis, and he's like, oh, yeah, we used to hang out with Eric and his wife and the kids, and, yeah, we don't hang out with them anymore. Why? Oh, you know, I'd really rather not talk about it. I don't know what's going on. But, you know, there's uh, all sorts of allegations that he, uh, you know, had sex with this woman, and he uh, took pictures of her, and he tried to, uh, tried to and then that was supposedly a uh, uh, shakedown, you know, maybe. He, and th- there's just a bunch of stuff. So, you know, there, there really is, I don't know if there's any benefit to uh, endorsing either one of them. I, I suppose Greitens seems more uh, Trumpian as far as uh, policy is concerned, but, you know, it got some serious, uh, some serious flaws. So uh, Donald Trump decides to say that he's going to endorse Eric. He's not going to be endorsing uh, another person, Representative Vicki Hartzler, in the race because she is a rhino. And so Eric Greitens and Eric Schmidt are running, and so Donald Trump decides uh, that he is going to uh, he's going to just endorse Eric. That's what he needs to play him a little bit. And of course, here's Eric Greitens this morning claiming that uh, Donald Trump is endorsing him. Team, we just got President Trump's endorsement, and we are honored to have it. And of course, he didn't say our last name, but uh, my name's Eric, so that certainly means that he's endorsing me. He was very clear that he wants a MAGA champion. That's what I am. My opponent, Eric Schmidt, he's a rhino. President Trump was clear he wants a warrior. I'm a Navy SEAL. Eric Schmidt, it's a career politician. And my name is Eric. President Trump was. Oh, wait. It's also clear that he wants somebody who's going to fight for America for his values. That's what I've always done. By contrast, just last night, President Trump blasted Eric Schmidt for great dishonesty in politics. The choice in this election. So, the, I guess I'm the Eric then. election could not be clear. <laughs> Let's get out and vote. Everybody. Might have been more effective if your name was Sam or something. And he said Sam. And there wasn't another Sam in the race. I guess that would have been pretty cool. Tomorrow. August- so you're sitting in an audience. Hey, 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 Rob. You are awesome, man. You're the best fan ever. And I'm like, yeah. And then you realize there are like 50,000 other Robs in the audience. August second Just, in the mm. primary. Eric Reitens for the U.S. Senate. There you go. So uh, Trump slammed uh, the Eric Schmidt campaign in a Truth Social post on Sunday. There was a poll commissioned by operatives associated with his campaign, which several GOP strategists told Breitbart, where I get this uh, this uh, article, undercounted Trump's support in Missouri, with some suggesting it was done purposely to boost Schmidt's numbers. Wouldn't surprise me. 
wouldn't surprise me to be quite honest. But uh, that primary is going on, and uh, you know, we'll we'll see. Of all the uh, things, I guess, you know, um, there are some candidates that just there's there's a clear cut. You've got to endorse them. Carrie Lake, to me personally, in Arizona, got to endorse. Doug Mastriano, Pennsylvania, got to endorse. Both have Trump endorsements, by the way. Dan Cox, Maryland, Trump endorsed. Uh, clear cut. There's no other Dan. Donald Trump didn't go, I support Dan in Maryland. It was Dan Cox. That's a first and second, unless there's another Dan Cox in Maryland. Uh, it's pretty sure who, uh, who's going uh, to be the guy who Donald Trump uh, supports. All right, so coming up, going to talk a little bit about uh, trans athletes and whatnot. Carolyn Levitt, she's running for Congress in uh, New Hampshire. We're going to talk to her. Uh, Joe Manson voting for the uh, infrastructure bill. What's in that? Um, and your phone calls, 800-922-6680. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. We're on Fuego today. Stick around. live would you rather live in russia or california at this point that's it that's i gotta tell you that's kind of tough that's kind of tough i'm not sure if moscow has uh you know piles of uh, human feces and uh, the crime rate that uh san francisco and los angeles has but uh, you know things are kind of bad over there this is kind of funny this is kind of uh, a little uh, a palate cleanser if you will uh russia has a new uh, a new uh bizarre promotional video encouraged to uh, uh, have people immigrate to uh, Russia and uh, the PSA is entitled time to move to time to move to Russia I, I wish I was I wish I were kidding but I'm not uh, the Russian embassy in Spain tweeted the 50 second 53 second clip uh, with the uh, with the PSA to get people to move to Russia. I'm, I'm, this is absolutely serious. Here is the PSA for uh, moving to Russia. This is Russia. Delicious cuisine. Beautiful women. Yeah, they they put <laughs> they put beautiful women in the spot. Cheap gas. I mean, seriously, who hasn't got one of those uh, one of those emails? It's beautiful Russian women waiting for your, you know, you, you big fat toad that no American woman would ever consider. Rich history, world famous literature. If you don't mind the mass killings, unique architecture, fertile soil. Cheap electricity and water. Soil is fertilized with the bodies of our enemies. Ballet. Both foreign and domestic. Mostly domestic. Cheap taxi and delivery. <laughs> traditional values. Traditional values. That's fantastic. Christianity. Oh, it's allowed now. No cancel culture. Well, I don't know. If Joseph Stalin were alive, he'd be saying otherwise. Hospitality. Vodka. Vodka. You can't, you can't forget the free Chernobyl. Economy that can withstand thousands of sanctions. Time to move to Russia. This can't be, ser this can't be serious. Shop. Don't delay. Winter is coming. So that's... 
So which one is uh, is more believable or less believable? That or Gavin Newsom? It's Independence Day. So let's talk about what's going on in America. Freedom? It's under attack in your state. Your Republican leaders? They're banning books, making it harder to vote. See, at least, I guess... Um, yeah, they're both pretty much lying. Restricting speech in classrooms, even criminalizing women and doctors. Yeah, this is all a lie, so it's exactly like Russia. The ad goes on to encourage Florida residents to quote... Yeah, they're trying to get people to move from Florida to, uh, to, <laughs> to Russia. <laughs> I, I, you know, honestly, at, at this point, I mean, if you look at what's going on in our country, I mean... It, it, I mean, literally, we have a Democrat party, we have a mainstream media, we have uh, big social media. They are behaving exactly like, well, Stalin wanted things. Uh, he created a, he even, even created a department of misinformation and disinformation, you know, just like Stalin did. It's crazy. Hey, I am told that joining us on the Newsmax hotline is Carolyn Levitt. Hello there, Carolyn. How are you today? Hello, good afternoon. I'm fantastic on the campaign trail calling you live from the great state of New Hampshire. How are you doing? I'm uh, I'm glorious. How is the uh, how's the race going by the way? It's going very well. Thank you for ask, asking. We are 5 weeks out from beating our establishment opponent Matt Mowers, who was the chief of staff to Dr. Deborah Burke, who has been very hot in the news lately for lying to President Trump and forcing us all into COVID lockdown. So safe to say, my campaign's going great. We're earning support from the people every day, raising money, and we're going to win. And then we're going to beat my far-left Democrat incumbent representative, and I'm looking forward to doing that and serving in the House next year. I hope so. Um, let's talk about, for those who don't know, and, and by the way, we're about, we've got a big announcement with regard to the show in the state of New Hampshire that I will share with you at a later date, but it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty gigantic. Um, but let's talk about the, the state of New Hampshire. For those who don't know New Hampshire, uh, a lot of people think, oh, it's an eastern state, nobody talks about it, it's a da-da-da. But New Hampshire is uh, a lot like middle America in a number of ways. Why don't you explain to people what, what means the most to the people of New Hampshire? Well, New Hampshire, we are the live, free, or die state. Yes. That is our motto. And so everything we do here, I mean, you really can feel it. When you come up through Massachusetts over our border, liberty rings, I swear to God. We have a very strong uh, Second Amendment culture here. We actually have more guns than we do people. One of the highest capacity of gun ownership of any state in this union. We have low crime, low unemployment, no sales tax, no income tax. We truly believe in economic freedom, personal responsibility, and so it's very important to me to continue sharing those values at the federal level because we have four federal reps in our delegation. They're all far-left Democrats. Yeah. My opponent votes with Pelosi 100% of the time. So New Hampshire is the last shining light of liberty in the Northeast, and that's why I'm fighting to continue to protect it. Um, what are people telling you on the on the stump? I read a story this morning that, you know, 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. More so, actually, they're not even making it to the paycheck. They're living on credit cards. Uh, the, new, the new place for people to go shopping is Dollar General. People are leaving Walmart because it's too expensive to shop at Dollar General. This is unbelievable. This is unnecessary. What are you hearing on the stump in New Hampshire from your uh, future constituents about the, the state of the country and where we're going and where we need to go? Voters want our representatives to stop the spending. They have passed socialist spending freeze. 
They're negotiating another $200 billion bill now. They've, they've spent trillions of our taxpayer dollars, which has led to this inflation. Congress has to get serious about fiscal sanity, and we need to stop printing money that we do not have, which has led to this inflation. We are a cold weather state in the wintertime. It is going to be a very scary and dark winter for my constituents here. We're literally going to have to choose between eating or heating. That is not just a punchline. That is a legitimate reality for my future constituents. So when I go to Washington, it will be my utmost priority to stop this out-of-control spending pass a balanced budget. We will not continue to raise the debt ceiling and kick this can down the road. We're seeing it with these short-term inflation, inflationary consequences. We have long-term consequences too. Our national debt is crippling and it's a national security risk. We're in bed with China. China owns us and it's a very scary reality for the people here in New Hampshire and across our country as well. Let me uh, let me posit something to you this morning. Uh, this morning we saw Nancy Pelosi uh, land in Taiwan. Uh, there was a lot of saber rattling yesterday. Uh, I was watching the news last night, and uh, Tucker Carlson essentially was like saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to war with China." And, and for a while I was a little panicked about it, and then I kind of realized maybe this was just a giant stunt because right now China is getting everything they can from the United States, dominating us in many many ways, including sending a virus over here that killed about a million of us and shut down the country. Why in the hell would China need to go to war with the United States when they're already winning without firing a shot? I'd love your thoughts on that. Oh, you hit the nail on the head. The next war for our country is not going to be boots on the ground and shots fired. It's going to be an internal invasion from within, and China is already winning that. They're doing it by buying up and purchasing our farmland right near our military bases, by the way. They're doing it by stealing our intellectual property and data. They are doing it by controlling our social media apps like TikTok that my generation of Americans are completely addicted to. They're pushing very divisive uh, rhetoric and ideologies that are dividing us based on race and gender and even vaccine status. This is all part of the Chinese communist playbook. They're tearing us apart from within and then taking advantage of us economically. And so to your point, they're already winning this war. That's why we must elect leaders like myself who are serious about combating the threats that China pose. We have to take very tangible legislative action at the, at the federal level to stop the CCP's in, engagement and uh, taking over of our country. So let me let me ask you on on a personal note. You're a, you're a young person. You are, uh, I guess, Gen Z. Uh, you would you would consider yourself to be Gen Z, or are you borderline uh, uh, millennial? What would you consider yourself? Yes, I am. In fact, I will be the youngest member of Congress in history, the youngest woman as well. Very proud of that. I will be 25 in a few weeks right before my primary. So I I make the cutoff as our founding fathers uh, intended in our Constitution. And look, that's why I'm running. My generation lacks strong conservative voices. We have no one to look to on our side of the aisle. And my generation is being brainwashed by the left in every institution in our country. It's my goal to change that tide. So we as Republicans and conservatives can win elections and save our country from the socialist hellhole it is sadly becoming. 
Let me uh, let me ask you this. I've got a Gen Zer uh, son who uh, just landed his first gig out of college. He's twenty two. My daughter's going to be a senior in high school. Um, where did you Where did you uh, get your uh, tenacity? Where did you uh, become so crystal clear? Because you're you're and listen, I don't want to focus on your age because you're you you know you are who you are. It just happens that you're twenty four years old. Uh, but what 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 has driven you? What has gotten you to this point? So passionate about the future of the country and your beliefs, which I mean, rock solid. Where, where did this come from? Well, thank you. It started in my upbringing. I am the daughter of a Marine. My family is a small business family. Neither of my parents went to college, and they've worked very hard for everything they've earned. And so I was brought up in, among conservative values, which frankly are not conservative values. They're just American values. Love yeah. God, love our community, love our country, work hard, don't depend on the government. These are sadly values that are lost amongst the generation that myself and your son belong to. So it's my job to re-incentivize those, reinvigorate that love of our, our country that I was brought up within, and inspire young people not to depend on the government but on themselves. The government is not going to save us. They're only making it worse, and we're seeing that now more than ever. So it's never been a better time to wake up my generation of voters with all of these terrible consequences of this administration to teach them socialism doesn't work. It kills and we have to run away from it as fast as we can. How's uh, how's polling going in uh, New Hampshire? I haven't had the opportunity to see any uh, new stuff this morning, but how is your message resonating with voters and how optimistic are you uh, with the coming uh, with the coming election? I am very confident that we are going to win this election. Our polling is looking great. We have absolutely surged. When I started this campaign 1 year ago, nobody knew who I was. I had 0 dollars in my campaign account. We have raised over $1.4 million for this effort. We have raised more money from the people of New Hampshire, grassroots donations under 100 bucks than any of our opponents in this primary by a landslide. So we are the grassroots chosen candidate. It's an honor to be running to represent my home district in Congress. We're going to win on the 13th of September. And like I said, we're going to go on to defeat the Democrat, who is polling numbers are abysmal under 40% for the first time since he's been in office. Wow. So it's time for him to go home, and we're going to flip the seat red. Well, I'm going to tell you, uh, Caroline, I, I wish you the very best. I see you have some very prestigious uh, endorsements from Ted Cruz. Uh, from Elise Stefanik, uh, New York Congresswoman uh, Kaylee McEnany, among others, and I and I wish you the very best. Uh, for those who would like to support you, and I certainly would, uh, where where would you like people to go? Please go to my website. It's carolineforcongress.com, and that's Caroline with a K. Carolineforcongress.com. Every dollar counts in this fight. I'm up against the establishment in both the primary and the general election, and I am depending on patriots across our country to get me over the finish line. I will always be a good, conservative, America-first vote and uh, looking forward to changing the hearts and the minds of young people across this country as well. So appreciate all the support. CarolineForCongress.com. All right, Caroline, I greatly appreciate you joining me. I'll get in touch with you about the big news coming with regard to the show in New Hampshire. I think you'll be uh, pleasantly surprised, and hopefully that will happen before uh, Election Day. But uh, we're here for you, and we just want to wish you the very best, okay? Thank you. God bless you. All right, very good. Caroline for Congress with a K. Caroline for Congress, if you would like to support Caroline Levitt. Let's take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden has always been a punchline. Now he's just a joke. It's The Rob Carson Show. 
You know, it's uh, kind of weird. This uh, monkeypox is being declared a national emergency. And uh, there are not, no shutdowns involved here. There's no, uh, you can't go to church. There's no, uh, you got to shut down your business. None of that. It's a national emergency. Uh, it is a crisis uh, in uh, New York State and in uh, California. Gavin Newsom has uh, made it a, uh, a, a statewide emergency. And uh, where, are the, where are the shutdowns? Where oh it would be politically incorrect to to maybe target the behavior of a group and and listen I I'm I'm I don't care uh, about uh, gay straight otherwise but we know right now ninety eight percent of the people who have non- monkeypox are men forty one percent already HIV positive ninety eight percent gay men okay although even even bill maher said that uh, they are uh, men who have sex with men they're not even calling them gay men they're calling them men who have sex with men because uh, somebody's trying to cover something up so i would just say i kind of went i remember going through this right didn't we go through this in the early 80s when uh, when aids rolled around and and listen there was a great deal of homophobia obviously in the uh, in the early 80s and uh, and there was a uh, uh, a crisis in the in the community, and it was uh, uh, the gay uh, community had already felt targeted in so many ways. I mean, it was gay bashing was for sport in the seventies uh, and eighties. I, I get it; I completely get it. But uh, political correctness ain't going to fix this either. And uh, we'll get to this um, uh, later in the show, should we have uh, time to the show. But uh, we we don't need the entire country to shut down, but we do need those who are afflicted by this and appear right now. Ninety eight percent are. Men who have sex with other men, frequently uh, anonymously at raids, etc. Well, duh. <laughs> you know, I mean, duh. And, and I think that most uh, people who are gay go, yeah, you know, you're right. But there are a lot of people who are uh, completely irresponsible. And like I said, we'll get into that uh, as uh, speaking of irresponsible, how about Congress? How about that? How about uh, you not being able to afford to shop at Walmart? So you go into the Dollar General. Well, uh, Joe Manchin and Chuck Schumer's $433 billion Inflation Reduction Act would raise taxes on Americans making less than $400,000 a year. I know, big surprise, right? Yeah. Republicans on the Senate Finance Committee commissioned a study over the weekend from a nonpartisan joint committee on taxation, and uh, they say it's going to raise taxes. Duh. What I find to be so galling is that these uh, jackweeds in Washington, D.C. would call this uh, the the name that they're calling it, the Inflation Reduction Act. Honestly, um, we're not stupid. We all know this is a massive slush fund. We all know this is about uh, passing the Green New Deal without passing the Green New Deal. Joe Manchin knows this, too. And the really sick thing about Joe Manchin is that he acts like he's down with the people of West Virginia, and he's not. Here is Corinne Jean-Pierre talking about the Inflation Reduction Act. It's called that because it, it, it reduces the inflation. Okay, here she is. So the Inflation Reduction Act goes squarely at, the, at many of the biggest costs Americans face, like energy and health care. Which you've already driven through the ceiling. Giving families. Which you were supposed to fix when Barack Obama was the president. It's vital breathing room while building on the unprecedented deficit reduction we have achieved. All of the things she just said are things that Democrats have been saying they'd fix for 50 years. And until now, they have done D-word. I'm not going to say D-word for Richard anymore. I'm just going to say D-word, okay? Uh, They have done D-word. 
uh, with over. Don't want to make you Richards mad. Three hundred billion dollars in savings uh, for tax. Yeah, base. you're lying. You lie. You lie. 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 Here's that a host of economists confirm will fight inflation. Yeah, a bunch of economists that are uh, uh, stamped and approved by the Democrat Party and lie about everything. Larry Summers, who has been critical of some of our policies, is one of them. He said, quote, it's fair to call it the Inflation Reduction Act because it directly, it's directly fighting. Now, please don't kill me. The rate of inflation. Now, what you may not remember is uh, last year, Joe Manchin's wife would have received about a billion dollars, a group that she works with, a commission, a billion dollars for the federal government if they would have, if would have voted for the Green New Deal back then. Uh, kind of makes you wonder. You know, we'll get to that after the top of next hour. Let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show, hour number three, hour number three. By the way, getting ready to add another affiliate. The new WJFV AM 1650, the voice of Hampton Roads. Huge, huge, huge. And, and, well, let's just say a, a very large city and a very large radio station on the uh, west, uh, in the in the great northwest. Uh, I can't give you all the details, but that is coming up very, show, uh, very soon as the show expands. Hey, did you hear that uh, Nancy Pelosi is in Taiwan this morning? Nothing would be finer than Pelosi over China in the morning. That's where she is. On a broom was riding, she was really gliding in the morning. Pelosi is in Taiwan. Her husband Paul's confused. Thought she said Taiwan on alcohol he abused. Why is he doing a corkscrew Paul landing? wanted to try it, Hell. to be the guy to fly it over China. It would have been a nervin' to shoot a plane that's swerving over China. Oh, no. where did we land? Nancy's now in Taiwan and she's causing a stink. Paul's in a bar on his seventh drink. And nothing would be finer than Pelosi over China. Over China in the morning. There you go. That is... Uh... <laughs> Jim Gossett, two S's and two T's, uh, China. And, uh, of course, yesterday China was going to go to war with us. And this morning, uh, Nancy Pelosi lands in Taiwan without a problem, which makes me kind of wonder, you know, if it was all uh, kind of a setup, kind of a shakedown, kind of a put on, kind of like uh, China would never want to go to war with us because they'd have to sustain a war with the world's largest nuclear power. And uh, they're on the they're suckling on the teat. And they have been uh, for a very long time. So, you know, I don't want to, I certainly would not want to poo-poo uh, what uh, the Chinese communists would do. But it just kind of seems like uh, this is the kind of thing that uh, the Biden administration needed. You know, just kind of needed it right about now with, uh, you know, midterms coming up. And also uh, Zawahiri being uh, killed over the weekend by the CIA 21 years into the war on terror after 9-11 and... Uh, we gave up Afghanistan, and Zawahir is actually able to move into Kabul with his own, literally, I think he went to Facebook Marketplace and, and found, the, uh, found the flat in Kabul. And he was hanging out on the, uh, you know, on the, uh, on the patio when uh, the CIA took him out. 
Oh, I want to mention also, if you get the chance, uh, Dick Morris's new book is out. It's called, well, it's, it's, it's about Donald Trump running for president. He says that Donald Trump is going to win. I believe so. It's called The Return. And if you want a free copy of the book, the hardback, yeah, yeah, the hardcover, uh, you could save almost $28. Just go to thereturn911.com. Do that today, will ya? TheReturn911.com for Dick Morris's, uh, for his new book. Now, um, there's a massive spending plan going through Congress, and Joe Manchin is on board. Um, and it is going to raise taxes on uh, on people making under four hundred thousand dollars a year. It is a uh, and and what I think really happened was that uh, had Joe Manchin signed on to the original Build Back Better bill, uh, this would have been catastrophic for him as a politician in uh, in West Virginia. And and so he waited. I don't know if you knew this, but last year this is a headline from I believe it was July of last year. And this is from the Washington Examiner, I believe. And I'm, I, you know, I, I'm just throwing this out there because it makes you kind of wonder. Because Joe Manchin has been on the right side of history with regard to getting rid of the filibuster. He said, no, we're not going to do that. And uh, good, right? Commission run by the wife of Democrat West Virginia, Senator Joe Manchin would receive $1 billion from the bipartisan infrastructure bill, the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act. Gail Connolly Manchin. Uh, is the current co-chairman of the Appalachian Regional Commission and Economic Development Partnership between the federal government and 13 Appalachian states. The $1 billion distributed over five years, which was originally part of the Biden's America Jobs Plan infrastructure proposal that preceded the bipartisan bill, would fund the partnerships for opportunity, blah, 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 blah. In a statement last May, Gail Connolly Manchin said that the $1 billion would help the commission to more adequately meet the overwhelming needs of communities impacted by job losses resulted from the decline in the coal industry caused by, I don't know, the Biden administration and uh, the Democrats. So kind of, kind of, maybe a little payback for the uh, punishment that uh, the Green New Deal would, uh, would put upon those people who live in the Appalachian regions of the country. I'm just saying. Could be a possibility. Could be uh, a possibility. It always is something with these uh, these people. Gay and bisexual men risk the uh, risk catching monkeypox. And the WHO is saying that the, you should reduce the number of sexual partners for the moment. For the moment, just calm yourself down, spray yourself with a hose, whatever it takes. Ninety-eight percent of cases detected since the outbreaks began have become been among gay, bisexual, and other men who have sex with them, and they need to make uh, take account of their actions and take steps to protect themselves. This, according to the WHO, the WHO, New York has become the first U.S. state to declare monkeypox uh, outbreak a disaster. Yeah, a disaster emergency. Governor Kathy Hochul. What's up, Doc? Uh, Kathy Hochul has said that she's sounding the alarm as the number of cases hits 1,400 in New York. Now, this, of course, um, means that, uh, I don't know, how many people in New York State? About 20 million? So your chances of getting it, um, unless you're going to uh, rave uh, to have sex with a bunch of different men, you pretty pretty good chance you're not going to get it. Um, just saying. It's, it just kind of happens that way. The disease is currently hitting gay men the hardest in New York, uh, home of, uh, to the United States' largest LGBT communities. And, and we've done this before, right? Did you, did you go through this? I went through this. I'm not gay or anything. But in the 80s, I remember uh, AIDS coming around, and I remember there was a good deal of blowback from the, uh, the community in places like San Francisco because they said, hey, maybe we ought to just say, maybe just 
take a hiatus from the bathhouses and the other things and just kind of you know wait wait this out and you could do what you want in your in the privacy of your whatever if you want to do that that's your business but if this is a pandemic and if we already know that 98% of those who have this just happen to be promiscuous gay men at raves or or uh, sex clubs Geez, don't you suppose that instead of making it a disaster emergency in the state of New York, which might impact the entire population uh, like they did with, uh, with, uh, with COVID, even though young children had no chance of dying of it, essentially, unless they had major comorbidities? But we are, of course, coming into a, uh, an election here, a midterm election. Oh, by the way, uh, San Francisco did hold its kink and fetish festival on Sunday, uh, despite the spread of monkeypox among uh, uh, gay men, is what they say here. Organizers said they took precautions such as putting booths 10 feet apart. <laughs> Social distancing. I hate to tell you this. With with monkeypox, social distancing could be a foot away from somebody. You just don't have sex with them at random. I'm just saying, there you go. There's your social distancing. How about you don't have sex, unprotected sex, with somebody in a public gathering, you know, whatever, or going to the kink and fetish festival to have sex with somebody you don't know. And listen, I'm not meaning to come down on uh, gay people about this. i got no problem with gay people, but come on. By the way, this is what they said in the uh, uh, the festival said, the kink and fetish festival, by the way. I'm not sure if kids were allowed because, you know, that's how they are in San Francisco. Uh, we're trying to keep people from smushing together. That's why you need to keep your, you know, your distance. Oh, by the way, uh, the, the <laughs> do you know what the event's called, the kink and fetish festival? The Up Your Alley Festival is what they call it. Now, this is uh, Dr. Leanne Wynn. Leanne Wynn, uh, she uh, made her... Um, uh, presence known in uh, the COVID uh, debacle that was uh, how we were played in the United States. Here she is talking about uh, monkeypox and the uh, crisis. I think the biggest mistake was not having enough testing initially. The entire goal here was to identify individuals who have monkeypox. If we were able to find everyone who had monkeypox, then we are able to identify all their contacts. Um, monkeypox is very different from COVID. It's spread through direct, prolonged contact. Not uh, not coughing on somebody with a, without a mask on. Also, we know that if people get the vaccine early on in their exposure, that actually prevents them from getting monkeypox, and therefore that stops the chain of transmission. So we had an opportunity when there were relatively few cases to find everyone who had monkeypox, identify their contacts, known as ring vaccination, vaccinate all... But why would you expect the government to get this right? Their contacts stop further transmission from occurring. The problem now is that because we didn't have enough testing to begin with, there are so many more cases that we don't even know. And monkeypox has been around forever, by the way. That's why we have to resort to vaccinating a much larger number of people. And they got a vaccine already for it and everything. So why did they drop the ball this time? Hmm? Centers for Disease Control and Prevention reported the U.S. has 2,890 diagnosed cases of the virus. Not necessarily a public health emergency at this point, since we know who's spreading it. 
transition suspected to have occurred through sexual activity at 95% of persons with the infection. 98% of infections were gay or bisexual men. One in three people who tested positive for monkeypox had visited sex on-site venues within the past month, the study found, and one in five attended large gatherings such as Pride events. The virus had a median number of, uh, the, the people who contracted it, had a median number of uh, sex partners, five in the last three months. That's Boy, I tell you what, that's got so many notches on your bedpost. Looks like a beaver was trying to cut it down. And 20% engaged in chem sex, which means sex under the influence of drugs. I'm assuming that's not Claritin. Uh, not to cast dispersions on the gay community, because uh, such practices occur in a subset of the LGBT community. This is typical of aggressively hypersexualized gay men. Here is uh, uh, Leanna Wynn. Despite all of this, we know exactly where it's coming from and the behavior, but we still need to declare a state of emergency. I think that because election is still not ir- never mind. a very small window for us to do that. And I do think it's time for the U.S. to declare a state of emergency as well. Because and what would that entail? Maybe shutting things down? Maybe, I don't know, voting uh, uh, remotely? That will allow for a much better coordinated response. It allowed the Biden administration to appoint a monkeypox czar to oversee... Oh, we need a monkeypox czar. That'll do it. ...these efforts. It will also <laughs> allow for more... Re- put Kamala Harris in charge of that. ...resources to be put into this as well. I hope... We just need... 15 days to stop the spread. Sorry about that term. I didn't make that The window hasn't closed. I think that there is still an opportunity. And just to underscore why this is the case, monkeypox may not be as fatal as a lot of other illnesses, but we don't want another disease that we have to worry about in perpetuity if it takes... Yeah, and plus also, you know, we're going to make this to do a crisis so we can use it, which is what we always do. Hold here. Also, we don't want it to affect the most vulnerable, including young children and pregnant women. And uh, generally, pregnant women and young children don't go to chem sex parties, uh, generally. It hasn't really happened as much yet here in the U.S., but we want to contain it before that happens. Okay, yeah, well, uh, we don't need a state of emergency. When you know where it's coming from, you know where it is. And and you can actually tell people, you know, uh, hey, um, it's kind of calm now for a second. Give it a little break. A little 15-day action, maybe a couple months. You know, I might have to do that. All right, uh, we've got on the way um, a 25-year-old uh, 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 trans cheerleader attempts to choke out a 17-year-old fellow cheerleader. No telling why a 25-year-old was was in the same cheerleading squad as a 17-year-old, but we'll get to some of the audio on that, among other things. Your phone calls as well at 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. If the left tells you to quiet down, get louder. It's the Rob Carson Show. My wife and I, when we lived in uh, Minneapolis and then in D.C., uh, we would occasionally go see a drag show because uh, they were very entertaining. Um, and and there's, a, there's a combination of a variety of things going on there. Uh, part of it is a vaudevillian kind of uh, approach to things, uh, singing, comedy, whatnot, and, uh, and we found it to be quite enjoyable. We used to go in, uh, in Minneapolis. There was a, a, a drag performer up there um, who was called Miss Richfield 1985. It was a hilarious show. It was a really, really funny show. And, uh, and, and for some reason, I don't know why, um, drag, uh, being a drag performer has suddenly become like this mainstream sage. Uh, you know, you should be able to read to children. 
you know, and you should be able to take your kids to the drag show. Uh, and, and it's absurd. And, and it's even become more, more sexualized uh, than, it, than it has been in the past. We would go to the show in the, in the mid-90s at this place called Gay 90s in Minneapolis, and there'd be, uh, you know, different uh, characters there, some dressed up like Marilyn Monroe. And, and you, you go there because you, you go, holy cow, that's a guy, I can't believe it. And then you'd also go, oh, my God, that's really a guy. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. Uh, my daughter watches this uh, RuPaul's Drag Race show. I'm not crazy about it. I don't like it particularly. Not because I'm homophobic. It's just, I find it to be boring and trite and whatever. But, uh, but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we are being, uh, you know, treating like uh, uh, drag performers like they're some sort of uh, uh, patriot or some sort of a whatever. Here's AOC literally appearing with uh, drag uh, performance, drag queens, let's call them what they are, drag queens talking about their incredibly valuable uh, 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 contribution to society. The people who change what people think are artists and drag queens and let's not forget who threw that first break at Stonewall. Yes. You know, that is what led to... This was on the Drag Race, by the way. Passing the Equality Act in the House. And, and RuPaul, I mean, a pretty good-looking woman when he gets all dressed up. This term, saying marriage that. equality, it starts with you. I mean, your patriots. Okay, she's calling drag queens patriots. There you go. You are. You are. You, you are, are patriots. Oh. And I'm so proud of you all. I'm so proud to live in this country with you and with your mother and with all of us as family. Thank you, Thank you girl. We love you. You know, I'm, I'm looking at some of the names of uh, some popular drag queens here and uh, you kind of wonder how seriously you need to take them. Uh, there's one named Sharon Needles. Sharon Needles. Uh, there's Kim Chi. Uh, here's one, uh, Penny Tration. <laughs> Penny Tration, watch the monkey pox. Trixie Mattel, uh, Baga Chips, Tess Tickle, Head of Lettuce is one of my favorites. Uh, uh, Helova, uh, no, Helova Bottom Carter. <clears throat> Pandora Box. <laughs> I leaned over. <laughs> Willa, Wilma Fingerdoo. <laughs> Hold on, hold on. There's some other ones I can't say here. Oh, James Mansfield. That's gone. Uh, let's see. Venus Delight. Uh, yeah, that's, that's about all I have there. But, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, really, I mean, okay. See. Again, uh, you can be a drag queen and all that stuff. Uh, but, but honestly, um, they're performers, okay? Uh, there was a time, and, and I'm, you know, I'll probably get heat for this, but there was a time where uh, people dressed up in uh, face makeup and had a big red nose that honks, and they'd walk around with these giant shoes, and they'd flip around, they'd get out of a clown car and everything, and people would cheer them on. And, and if you look at drag queens, they're cartoonish like that, right? Right? Kind of along the same lines, kind of, I guess, taken originally from like Shakespearean times when male actors were the only ones who were allowed to act, and so men had to dress in drag and all of that stuff. So how serious do we need to take drag queens? And why, why have we taken this turn? I don't think it's good for the movement. I don't, I don't think it's good for the movement. What's going on uh, with the sexualization of children when this, this belongs at a club, okay? This belongs at a club, at a performance, a body performance. And then we've also got the, uh, you know, uh, men born men competing with women. And I, and I found this, uh, this story to be particularly troubling because there was a, a cheer camp at Ranger College. 
and uh, it's in Texas. And, and I'll just go ahead and admit, this is kind of funny. I was a male cheerleader in high school. And the reason why I did it is because uh, nobody had done it before. And I saw these college uh, male cheerleaders, and they were athletic and, you know, got to hang out with hot girls and everything and, and, and you know, get the crowd fired up. And I'm a performer, and I just decided to do it my senior year. And, uh, and it, was, it was not an easy thing in Neola, Iowa, to be a male cheerleader. And I wasn't like, you know, fabulous, Rob, the male cheerleader. It was, yeah, you know, hey, I'm, I'm Rob. I'm a male cheerleader. We're going to throw the girls up in the air. We're going to do all. So I went to a, I was the only guy at a cheerleading camp. Suckers. Except for some of the college cheerleaders are there. And I've even got pictures. I'll have to post it on social media. Yeah, i got to see it. It was, it was a trip. It was really funny. But uh, uh, there was this, uh, a trans, uh, this transgender cheerleader named Avery Chanel Medlock, 25 years old, booted from the uh, uh, Ranger College uh, cheerleading camp. No telling why uh, Avery Chanel Medlock, 25, was competing with a 17-year-old. But apparently, Avery got offended by a 17-year-old trying to choke her out. I'm going to share the story and the audio from Avery Chanel Medlock, the cheerleader, after the uh, bottom of the hour break. 800-922-6680. <laughs> you just never know where the show's going to go, do you? It's the Rob Carson Show. It is the Rob Carson Show. Make sure to check out the podcast, will ya? Could you do that for me today? It is called the Rob Carson Show Podcast. It's uh, uh, about two hours long as the entire show. It features all the great guests we have, the comedy uh, that I do with Mr. Jim Gossett, among others. And uh, if you would, just go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. That's where you can find all of it. You know, you're going to find it in uh, no, Spotify and, uh, and Apple uh, Podcasts and all that. If you're on Apple Podcasts, if you'd leave a five-star review, that would, be, uh, that would be great. But it's called the Rob Carson Show Podcast. Um, share it with others because I think um, it's, it's catching on. It is. You know, it, it's interesting. I was talking about this uh, transgender cheerleader, Avery Channel Medlock or Chanel Medlock, 25 years old. I don't know why this person was going to uh, uh, Ranger College for their uh, uh, cheerleading camp. That's what they do in the summer, by the way. That's when they do the cheerleading camp. And by the way, I, um, I, I mentioned I was a cheerleader in high school. I know that sounds kind of strange. The reason why I wanted to do it because I was very big in athletics and, and, and I like to work the crowd. And, uh, and I said, hey, I'll do it my senior year. And you know what else I wanted to do? I wanted to be a drum major. You know why? Do you ever you ever watch like one of the great great marching bands like and I used to watch some of the traditionally um, uh, black universities like Grambling and their uh, drum major was always the most badass dude ever and he'd be out there in front marching dancing just I mean I wanted to do that I I, I couldn't play a musical instrument I tried I tried the uh, the trumpet but I thought that is somebody who is directing the band and he's a performer and and I, I just thought it was cool. I really, I thought it was cool, you know, whatever. And when I still see it today, I still, I was like, dang, man, that, that is the coolest thing in the world to be a, a dancing drum major, just tearing it up, doing the, you know, doing the James Brown uh, splits and back up again. And all. I just, I loved it. I thought it was cool. That's just me. I don't know, whatever, anyway. Transgender cheerleader Avery uh, Chanel Medlock, uh, 25, was booted from the cheer ranger camp, or the, the, cheer, the, the cheer camp at Ranger College. <laughs> For allegedly assaulting a female cheerleader, 
Uh, early uh, morning on July 22nd, Medlock and another cheerleader only identified as Carly. Carly, stop it. Oh, my God, Carly. Oh, where's Megan? Is Megan here? Oh, my God. Which Megan are you talking about? Oh, M-E-G-H-A-N, not M-E-G-A-N or M-A-Y-G-A-N. No, it's the other one. It's the original Megan. Anyway, so uh, uh, Megan, uh, and, or Carly, I said, got into a verbal altercation, and, uh, and Avery Chanel Medlock, 25, don't know why Avery Chanel Med- maybe she was in graduate school for cheerleading. I don't know. Uh, apparently, uh, uh, Medlock uh, alleges that a, a teammate made transphobic and racist remarks before the alter- altercation. Sure she did. With cell phone video showing other cheerleaders hiding in a room from an agitated Medlock. Apparently, Medlock tried to choke out uh, the, this girl named Carly. Tried to choke out Carly. And, uh, and then, of course, um, this uh, Avery Chanel uh, uh, decided to make you know, something out of it, like the, said that the other team member said, well, you got a penis, which is obvious. It's true. You, the person does have a penis. But anyway, uh, Carly was apparently attacked by a cheer camp by her uh, older trans teammate, Avery, and, uh, and she, her dad said that she's not doing well. She blames herself. She should have just, she should have just unlocked the door, let it blow over, and uh, just come home. But apparently there was an altercation, and, uh, and now this uh, Avery Avery, uh, uh, who's been kicked out, this Avery Michelle. My daughter's name is Avery. This is so weird, but not with an IE. It's with a Y. Anyway, uh, but uh, Medlock was booted from the cheerleading camp and uh, given a criminal assault by a physical contact citation this week. Here's what Avery Medlock said. She said, well, guys, sure. Uh, I'm officially retired as a cheerleader as of last night at 530 a.m., which would have been this morning, a girl on the team was being very disrespectful to me and told me I am a man with a penis. This didn't happen when I was in, uh, in high school because everybody knew at the cheerleading camp that I was a guy with a penis because I wore a male cheerleader outfit and I said I was a male cheerleader. Anyway, uh, so the, she said that the guys uh, should not be on the team. I stood up for myself and uh, she called her mom and dad because she was scared because I stood up for myself, choked her, choked the life out or tried to. Her father said she has, still has testosterone and a penis and I will kill anyone who comes after my daughter. He didn't actually say that. What he said was, my son is gay, so don't tell me I'm effing homophobic. That's what the dad said. That's what the dad said. Uh, that said, here's some of the audio from uh, Avery uh, Medlock, uh, Ch- Avery Chanel Medlock, standing outside the locked door of the terrified cheerleader who she tried to choke out. First of all, um, whoever. Yeah, that's that's a <clears throat> that's a that's a that's a female cheerleader. In there, Presley, Kalani, Reagan, Courtney. Okay, well, I'm just letting you know. This is a. Um, I'm just going to say it. Um, this is a 25-year-old person, born a male, talking like she's 12. But outside of cheer with y'all, so after today, don't me. I want you and um, Presley Kalani clearly has not had a voiceectomy yet. Whoever's in there, don't me after cheer. Reagan, if you're in there, don't. Cheer. Um, you're you're 25 years old at a high school cheer camp at a college in Texas. Seriously, WTH? We're only teammates, and that's it. Because at this point, y'all are 
taking it out of proportion. I was just joking with Carly. I was just choking. I mean joking. I've never done anything mean to Carly. I've never done anything mean to Kalani, Presley, Reagan, or anything. Presley, Reagan, oh my God, oh my God, I can't believe you think I actually strangled y'all. Reagan, um, those talk you saying that you're fake, saying that you only want boys. They talk about you and Micah. So yeah, watch your back. Oh no, there's that's kind of thready. Fake. So um yeah. So if anyone has a problem, come address it to my face like an adult and stop being Yeah, there you First go. First of all, I gotta hear a little bit more. Hold on. Here's the kind of the threat here at the end there. Fake. So um yeah. So if anyone has a problem, come address it to my face like Well yeah, we have a problem because usually girls aren't the bases, they're the flyers. I know this because I was a cheerleader, you see. I know, it's kinda weird, right? <sighs> I just I wanted to do everything in high school. I was like, I was an, I acted, I was an athlete, uh, you know, all that. I stopped being an athlete. Let me explain. This is an aside. I was an athlete. Uh, I was terrible. You know, generally, I always put me in right field. Sorry, right fielders, but generally fat kids uh, who aren't very, uh, well, no, I'm going to insult everybody. Yeah, I, they put me in right field because I wasn't very good. And, uh, and I was always big. I was the biggest kid in my class. I was always, the, you know, through sixth grade. But my puberty, I, I grew before puberty, which would certainly qualify me, I guess, for transgender surgery or something now, right? But anyway, uh, so I was in, in sixth grade. I weighed 170 pounds. I was like 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and I bought an entire tournament because they couldn't find another sixth grade big enough to wrestle me. And then in eighth grade, I was 6'1", and 245. About how big as I am right now. And so when I played football, uh, then we had seven games. And I remember I had like 35 quarterback sacks because it was like playing your dad. And whenever I'd do shot put and discus, I would just beat the hell out of the other kids because I was huge. So it was kind of like, I guess, what this Avery Chantel Johnson or what the hell her name was. Kind of like that, I guess. But I was a, a guy. And I was competing with other guys. But the guys were kids and I was just huge. And then uh, one summer, I lost about 70 pounds. And uh, then I just, you know, I kind of move on from athletics because I didn't have the domination that I did. So I did cheerleading. I did, you know, I did that acting and stuff. So, so anyway, um, uh, listen to this. Listen to this. Now, uh, I've been talking about this, uh, what I call psychosexual assault. And that's what those girls went through at that cheerleading camp. It's called psychosexual assault. You can uh, copyright that. Me, it's a Rob Carson expression I just came up from with it this weekend. But when you when you take girls who otherwise are girls and uh, they compete with girls and uh, and they, you know, uh, generally, uh, like for instance, Leah Thomas. Leah Thomas, a failed swimmer as a man, junior year decides to become a girl, becomes the best girl swimmer in the entire country. And all of the women who competed up until that point all of a sudden, we're competing with a man saying that he was a woman, despite the fact that he still had all of his man parts, his uh, you know twig and berries, the whole deal, and would actually shower in the same shower room with women, with the twigs and berries hanging out there, and, uh, and the girls could do nothing about it. And I remember I, I was uh, talking about this uh, cheerleader, this girl from Kentucky, woman, woman from Kentucky, and she said that first time that, that uh, Leah Thomas came and competed, they watched Leah Thomas win by 38 seconds, the 500 meter, and they all just kind of got together afterwards, shell-shocked, and went, what the hell just happened to us? And, and they looked at each other, and they're like, we, we just had our dreams 
wrecked. And, and on top of that, we have to act like that's not a man in the in the locker room with us in our most vulnerable time when we are we are in a place that we need modesty. And to me, those are the hallmarks of a sexual assault. That you move into a place of otherwise security and dominate a woman and then leave her sitting there going, what the hell just happened? What just happened to me? And they went to the university officials and said, you can't do this. We've worked our whole lives for this. What are you doing to us? What are you doing? And they were so awful that they even, uh, one time, this uh, Leah Thomas competed with one woman and they tied. And, and they tied. And they were supposed to both get a trophy for either first or second place. And the officials of the university said, um, we're going to go ahead and give the trophy to Leah Thomas and let her stand on the pedestal. And we'll mail you yours. That's psychosexual assault. And this nonsense has to end. And if women weren't pissed about this before, they should be pissed about this now. And there's nobody else on the radio saying it this way. Because that's what it is. And listen to this. At the BBC, the glorious BBC, there are women at the BBC saying that the broadcaster is now disappearing women by allowing gender quotas to be filled with trans individuals. So in a broadcast business dominated by men, where women are finally moving up, now women are finding themselves displaced by men claiming to be women. Isn't that remarkable? Now, Mary Walter filled in for me last Friday, and I greatly, and she is a freaking talent. I love me some Mary Walter. She's glorious. And I joked with her because she just won the uh, the women's equivalent of a Marconi. And she's won several. Uh, they're called Gracie's. And she did it because she's an outstanding broadcaster. She's really good at what she does. She's a thought leader. She's glorious. And she won a Gracie. And I joked with her. I said, I haven't won a Mar- Mar- Marconi yet. Thank you. Anybody from the Marconi is listening? I'm not... Right here, if you need me, right over here. Hello, Marconi's. Hello. I said, you know, maybe I should just compete with uh, women and get a uh, Gracie. Now, I, of course, was joking because in broadcasting, uh, it's a little bit different because you, you know, you have to uh, combine different abilities, entertain, inform, connect, all of these things. So it wouldn't be like going in and being in a swim meet with women where I have a wingspan, uh, you know, uh, the size of a 747, and I'm competing with women who are a foot shorter than me. It would be a little bit more of an even situation because, you know, broadcasting is different. But uh, but I suggested that I identify as a a woman and, and try to get a Gracie. Of course I was joking. Of course I was joking. But I, I'm going to share with you in just a second uh, the largest, uh, the National Institute of Health in Great Britain has shut down a facility called the Tavistock facility, which was England's hub for child gender reassignment. And it's been ordered to shut down. And it's left thousands of damaged children in its wake. I'm going to share you the story. I'm going to share the story of this coming up. 
uh, because I think it's important on the heels of uh, the last hour, half hour of uh, content with regard to uh, gender confusion and whatnot. That's coming up, by the way. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. those who are sick and tired of people moving to D.C. and spending their entire lives telling us how to live ours. It's the Rob Carson Show. To get the chance to, you want a free book. Dick Morris's The Return is in bookstores everywhere. Uh, you can get a free copy. Save yourself about 28 bucks. Just go to thereturn911.com. Thereturn911.com talks about uh, Joe, uh, Donald Trump's ascension to power and the three things, that the three threats that he faces. Again, it's thereturn911.com. Let's go to Frank in lovely Gettysburg. Hello there, Frank. What is on your mind today, my friend? Hey, Rob. How are you doing there? Glorious, buddy. What's up? So we're talking about transgender and and things like that, and you made a statement about you went to a drag show, I am not homophobic. And my take on this is yes. the word phobic yeah. is to have a fear of something. If you're claustrophobic, you're afraid of tight spaces. Of course. So phobia doesn't mean that someone is bad or wrong. Yeah. So I think with our changing of words in the last 10 years, like recession, yeah. and a lot of other terms, we've gotten into this thing, and the liberals have owned us on it, yeah, where they can label someone transphobic, homophobic, thisophobic, anatophobic, and it means sure. that you or me or are a bad person because of our views. Yeah. Now, as a, as a Christian man, I do have a fear <laughs> of certain lifestyles. Which somebody may say, well, then you're blank phobic. Yeah, yeah. But according to the way I believe in my belief system, yeah. which lines up with Scripture, yeah. I don't feel that that's a, that's a, a bad thing. I, now, I'm a uh, conservative Christian but, but, man. But you don't hate and, people. But but Frank, you don't hate you don't hate gay people, and you don't no, hate. I, no, I don't. I work Thank for you. a. There you go. I work for an employer, and my boss is a gay man, yeah. but he's, a, he's also a decent man, and I don't hate him. You bet. And, but that's what they're trying to do, Frank. When they use the word uh, transphobic, homophobic, they are uh, trying to label you as somebody who hates them. Uh, if, if you don't believe in gay marriage and uh, a gay couple decides just to pick on your bake shop because they think they can make a, uh, a point by making a Christian make you a cake, that's just being a D word. All right. Uh, and that is not it is it is your belief. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just your belief. You believe, according to your church, that a man and a woman are uh, to be married. That is in the church. If you don't want to get married in that church, and that church doesn't allow it. Go to another church. That's why I think government should stay the hell out of marriage. Uh, as far as uh, as uh, homophobic, uh, what they're trying to do is paint people who disagree with the lifestyle as hating them. And it's not the case, Frank. Christians don't hate. Go ahead. No, we don't, and, yeah. and that's my yeah. point. And I feel as a conservative, as a Christian, I don't think we should let liberals own us on this. I think we ought to stand our ground. 
and, no. and, and, and not allow them to box us into a corner. You know? Yeah, Frank, and I'm going to also person. say, Frank, I'm going to say, as, as somebody who is literally, I, I introduced a lesbian couple at their, at their uh, reception. I, I was uh, presiding in a uh, gay wedding with some friends of mine who are very dear friends who committed themselves to life, and I love them very, very dearly. One of them is no longer with us. Uh, it, we don't, we don't uh, hate people. We're not here to uh, tell you, uh, you know, that uh, preach to you, you, you know, you, that your life is your life. But, uh, but we don't hate. That's the most important thing. We don't hate you because you who you are. We may disagree on, on our Christian principles with you. Frank, I got to go, buddy. I'm sorry. I apologize. You're always a great caller. But we have to come back and, uh, and wrap things up in just one second. We, you are listening to The Rob Carson Show. Stick around. All right, that's going to do it for the show today. Uh, tomorrow, I'll get into this uh, Tavistock Gender Identity uh, Development Service in England. It's been shut down. Uh, they have been uh, transgendering or, uh, you know, putting assigning puberty blockers in surgery for kids for a number of years. They've been shut down, and this movement is beginning to spread worldwide. Uh, it would make uh, Joseph Mengele proud what they've done to prepubescent children with confusing them and then uh, altering them with hormones and surgery. It's ridiculous. Have a glorious day, guys. Uh, I will see you tomorrow. Check out the podcast. Uh, go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcast. God bless you and your family. Our first responders and military. And until tomorrow, don't do like Kamala Harris. Don't catch the stupid. See you then.